25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, I have to tell you, I am still recovering from the weekend that was, and you might listen to me say that, and you might think that I had this like rambunctious weekend where we just went out on the town and just went crazy, but that was not the case. We had the joy of spending Saturday together all day, Blue Jackets Day, but then Sunday, I I know both of us had, had some family time that we had to tend to, followed by me at least, having to drive five and a half hours back to Grand Rapids. So if I don't make any sense on this episode... It's because I'm sleep deprived and still a little bit befuddled by our weekend. So, Laura, how is it going for you on this Monday after Easter Tuesday as the folks are listening? The Blue Jackets are playing in Philadelphia. It's a good day. It's a good day to be a Blue Jackets fan. <laughs> it's a good day to be a Blue Jackets fan because after they play Philadelphia, they'll have two more games left in this horrendous season of ours. But no, I'm good. I had a great weekend, like you said. Uh, my weekend got started with uh, our incredible friend Pashi coming to visit for the day. <laughs> she actually, God love her. Um, she was, well, I guess technically she did spend the night at my house on Thursday, Thursday quote unquote, night. But she did not actually get to my house until like 5.30 in the morning on Friday morning. So... Um, which was nice because I did actually have to work uh, Friday morning until noon. And that's kind of when she came downstairs. So I uh, got to spend the afternoon into the evening just catching up with her and, you know, going over all of our drama and such in our lives and whatnot. Um, and yeah, it's been it. I think we said it on the last show, but it had been um, at least two years since we had been uh in together in person we talk all the time but it was nice to see her and she's looking so great as she's preparing for her wedding and i just can't wait for us to be in texas um and watch her get married so that was really exciting and then shortly after she left you came um and we, yeah, got to have a really great day on Saturday that we'll talk more about. Um, and yeah, and then yesterday, Easter, I spent time with, uh, surprisingly, both sides of my family, um, one of which I knew that I was doing, and the other one I found out like an hour before it happened. So um, yeah, went to my mom's uh, for like Easter lunch, dinner situation, Um and she made, you know, great food as usual. Had an ep- an epic um, Uno tournament with uh, my two young nephews, Isaac and Connor. Um, learned that Connor has some misdirected rage and need to work on that. He's not he's not a great loser um, in card games, so definitely need to work work on that. And then I was just supposed to go to my dad's to like drop off some stuff and have uh, some chit-chatty conversation, but about an hour or so before I left to go to his house, he said, hey, uh, when you get here, we're going to go see 
essentially his entire side of the family. Um, my stepfather was not feeling great. And so my dad wanted a little bit of a scapegoat so that he wouldn't have to stay too crazy long. Um, you know, families, everyone needs that, that excuse to, to leave earlier. Um, so yeah, we headed to uh, New Philadelphia, Ohio, which is where all my dad's family is from. And um, yeah, got to see aunts and uncles and cousins and my grandparents uh, for a little bit and see, we always make too much food and just, you know, makes me feel at, at home to see just like this ridiculous amount of food for every occasion. Uh, but yeah, and my, my cousin Ashley made the pies for the day and she said that she had been inspired by all my pie baking. So I was very proud of her. So, but she made a coconut cream and a key lime, which I told her both are, you know, hard to master. And from what I heard, cause I didn't have any, but they both turned out great. So I was very proud. Look at you being a little pie disciple. I know, right? But how was your Easter? It was it was pretty good. I made the mistake of not leaving Easter until about 7.30. Nah, it's closer to 7. And I didn't get home until like 12.30 or 1. So I am, like I said, dragging ass on this one. But, you know, before then, uh, before leaving, it was good. Similar situation, way too much food. Uh, I... What is okay? I have to ask you this because I feel like you'll like side with me on this. Mm -hmm. What is like the one necessary appetizer at every family function? Like it has to be at every family function. If it's not, then I like don't know how to act. Deviled eggs. Yeah, it's deviled eggs. Thank you so much. Oh my god, I was nervous. Um, made some bomb ass deviled eggs. That's always one of my go tos. Uh, my grandma thinks I make them too fancy, but I don't think I do. I don't think I do it all. Um, I love your deviled eggs. They're so good. They're really good. When, when have you had my deviled eggs? I know I've made them for you, but I can't remember. You made them once, I think, on a duty weekend when we were working at Otterbein. <laughs> I'm so fucking unhinged. Why did I do that? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, they're so good. I like mayo. My dad makes hot pepper mustard. So it's like that was like what I use instead of regular mustard. Like uh, pepper relish. Like, so it has, like, both the peppers and, like, pickle. Um, I, like, don't play around with it. Uh, a little bit of lemon juice, salt, pepper. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we just keep it basic, but we also, like, spice it up a little bit. My grandma thinks it's over the top. Uh, I disagree respectfully and proceed to eat a lot of them. But uh, we had that. Okay. My dad got, my dad got in, like, I don't know what side of Facebook he got onto, but he found a couple of recipes that were out of our element uh, for for this <laughs> one. And uh, I have to say, the one wasn't necessarily out of our element. Uh, he made like a Mexican street corn casserole. It's just something that like he's never made before. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Did a good job. The other one. I'm about to say the whitest thing I've ever said in my life. I need everybody oh, to God. follow me. Was a pineapple casserole. I told oh, you that. Don't act surprised. You, told, right me, told, you, you told me, I forgot. You told me he was making a pineapple and cheese casserole. Yeah, okay, the pineapple casserole. Um, it was, I am giving you the recipe because I encourage you all to try it. It is uh, literally just six tablespoons of pineapple juice, 
a third of a cup of sugar, five tablespoons of sugar of uh, flour, mixed together with two cans of pineapple chunks, a cup of cheddar cheese, <laughs> topped with a Ritz and butter like crust. Um, I I don't know how to say this. It fucking worked. It was <laughs> it was so good. Um, and I don't know why I, you couldn't really taste the cheese. It's got me wondering, like, maybe if people are, I don't want to say onto something with this whole like cheddar cheese and apple pie thing, but I could not taste the cheese in it. And I don't know, like, if it just made it like a little bit salty and like that, like helped balance the flavors or like what the go-to was there, but it wasn't bad. Like it was not bad at all. And it was really good with ham. I don't think I would eat it with like non, like without foods that are like kind of smoky and like just lend themselves to that. The pineapple casserole, mad. Okay. Well, I'm. It kind of tasted like a dump cake, to be honest with you. Because well, that's the, like, kind of what like it sounds like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, especially is... with the crust, like the crust and the butter, like kind of like the way that it caramelized, like it kind of reminded me of a dump cake. And when you had told me about it the first time, I was trying to give your dog kind of the benefit of the doubt because there is a taco truck that we used to go to a lot that had empanadas and they had a pineapple and cheese empanada and like it hits in a way that is just like so great it's delicious but i'm also a person that like eats pineapple with cottage cheese so like i wasn't entirely not uh, interested in your dad's experiment but it's the fact that he used cheddar cheese that like really well, I'm sure, but I just expected a different kind of cheese, I think. More of like a dessert cheese. Yeah, like a softer cheese or even like a ricotta moment. Yeah, like, that's fair. I just wasn't expecting. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't like Velveeta. I feel like that would have been a turn for the worse. Um, but... And I'm glad it wasn't terrible. It was actually pretty good. I like, was not ready for that. Uh, I mean, I can me. tell you about the weird thing my mom made that I love. Handballs. Oh, Handballs. Yeah, you've told me about these before. They're like meatballs. Just they're made with ham. And they're like sweet glazed. And they're delicious. Yeah, I could see that. I could see why that would work. I mean, is it kind of like just like shredded ham? Like, is it just basically like the same way you would make like sandwich bread? Yeah, it's like ground. Yeah, and then it's like, so is it ground? Like, it's like uncured, like ground, like ham. Like, okay, got it, got it, got it. Mm -hmm. Because in my head, when you said it for the first time, I'm thinking like, you know how like with leftover ham, you like pulverize it with like mayo and stuff and make sandwich bread. That's what I was thinking you were talking about. But not, no, this seems like it may be a little different. Yeah, it's literally ground just like you would ground ground beef or whatever. Yeah. And you like right. add some like filler things because there's also a thing, ham loaf, which I also ate growing up that most people don't know about, which is meatloaf made out of ham. And typically has pineapple rings on it. Um, also delicious. But, you know, and my stepbrothers, because this is something that ever since my mom, well, we ate it before, but like ever since my mom's been with my stepdad, 
um, his parents, my step grandparents, used to make it in ball form as opposed to low form. And so my stepbrothers called them um, hamicles. Huh. So, like ham testicles. And you know, that I've always good. said there's nothing more delicious than ham testicles. Yeah. Little. And yeah, and she made her classic like uh, Asian salad, which is essentially like coleslaw with an Asian dressing and dro- and broken up ramen noodles. And I, I have had, I don't think it's your mom's, but I've had that before and it's not bad. No, I like it. It's good. It's like a sesame dressing situation. Sometimes there's mandarin oranges in it, but my mom knows that my nieces and nephews won't eat salads with fruit in them. So they'll eat a shit ton of fruit, but they won't eat a salad with fruit in them. Fascinating. Fascinating. I feel like that's, that is like a stage of development like that most kids don't get to until they're probably like a teenager. I, love I would agree. A salad. Oh my God. I love fruit in a salad. Shit. Shit. So good. So fresh. Uh, Laura, <laughs> listen, I'm sure the people are loving hearing about ham testicles and I'm sure they're loving <laughs> hearing about the, the fruit salads, but that aren't really <laughs> fruits in a salad that our, our family is <laughs> so accustomed to this time of year. But Really, I think what the people are here for is the the good stuff that we have to talk about from Saturday. Now, uh, we don't have anything good to talk about in terms of what happened on the ice. Like we have, we don't have much. Uh, if you watch that game against New York, man, oh man, I really don't know how you can spin it to be a positive situation for the Jackets. It just didn't work out for them. It was just one of those nights, and it is what it is. But we had the pleasure uh, of spending some time at Nationwide on Saturday. You know, we we got. Let me tell you, I I figured out why players take pregame naps um, because <laughs> I didn't do shit right. Like I like was not very physically active. I was there, but um, we spent some time at the morning skate on Saturday and got a chance to to connect with some of our our favorite folks who who work in, in the Blue Jackets PR space and the Blue Jackets you know media space who are just always the most kind and gracious human beings. I mean, like, listen, Laura and I are far from your professional journalists who are down here going to a morning skate or, you know, doing a media scrum or whatever have you. And I have personally never experienced, and Laura, I think you feel similarly, like any sort of like coldness from anybody in that space i think everybody's always been really cool whether that be at traverse city whether that be you know when when we've come to morning skates before done those kind of things i mean it's always been really a welcoming thing to, to go to and so got a chance to do that and uh you know that was fun those are always a good time to see folks you know taking morning skate i love seeing that zach Orensky is just like a part of the a fold without like, sk- like without playing like he he's done for the season but he's taking line rushes in the morning and that's cool to see and to know that he's going to come back healthier than ever going into next year but laura talk to me a little bit about like your experience at the at the morning skate maybe talk to me a little bit about uh the just intense anxiety you had in regard to not dropping your phone through the camera hole. Um, <laughs> what talk, talk to me about uh, morning skate from your eyes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> thank you for bringing up my biggest fear while we were attending uh, this event, but no, I, 
I'm never going to not be incredibly, incredibly grateful when we get these opportunities. And um, I'm never going to not be sort of awestruck to, you know, walk in on ground level uh, at the arena. And, you know, it's so quiet in there and just kind of so serene and peaceful. And when we walked in that morning, there was only a couple of guys on the ice. And, um, you know, you, you just get to hear all of those like, little hockey sounds like you hear their blades against the ice and you know you hear the chit chat from the coaches and all that kind of stuff and yeah it was just it was cool to be in that space and to kind of see the difference between the the first time we went which was last uh, spring to now and kind of the more connections we've made uh, where there were a few more people that like didn't just <laughs> stare at us like, who are these people at morning skate? Um, and yeah, it was really cool to just watch practice and get to take some pictures. Uh, not as great as what our beautiful and talented friend Danny would have taken, but we tried. Um, and I did take some through the little hole in the glass and I was absolutely terrified to drop my phone through it because that would have been so embarrassing to have to wave over someone to pick up my phone. But um, yeah, it was, it was cool and it was fun. And like you said, it was great to see Zach on the ice. It was great to see Justin Danforth back out on the ice as well. Um, And just to sort of see that process and see them getting warmed up for the day and everything like that. And just seeing who all goes to these things and like, what an interesting life it must be to like come to work every day. And that's just like part of your routine when they're playing at home or getting ready to leave, you know, for a road trip. But so yeah, I got to see, you know, familiar faces and it was just a really, really cool opportunity. And like I said, it's, it's never going to be lost on us to get to have these opportunities. Um, and yeah, even you know, a couple of the coaches like waved at us through the glass just to welcome say, us. I was actually gonna specifically say that Kenny McCudden was like really sweet. <laughs> like, he was, he was just like, welcome. He was, like, like hello, morning. sir. <laughs> like, I don't know. That was just like one of those like silly little things that like just felt really cool. Um, because obviously, I mean, like he's seeing all of those. Cause I mean, like the people that are down there, the people he would think would be down there that makes mm. sense. Like, not that I don't think we make sense, but like the people who are like, it's Aaron Port's line and Jeff Sabota, and you know what I mean? Like, it's those people Jeff who Rimmer like John Luke. Yeah, I mean it's it's everybody who like is is Blue Jackets hockey media is down there. And so there's a familiarity there. And so it was just, yeah, it felt cordial. It was really neat to see. But you know. I think even just like, you know, being down there, seeing, seeing morning rush happen. And then you have, you know, at that same time, you're finding out with everybody else who's around there, like who all is getting called up because, you know, nothing's official quite yet. And you see who's not on the ice, who is on the ice, whatever have you. But yeah, I mean, I think that that was just cool experience as always. And then, um, you know, after that, you know, we, we got a chance to, to do the biggest thing that, you know, we did on the, on the weekend, which was, we got a chance to talk to the the Blue Jackets captain, Mr. Boone Jenner himself. And we'll, we're going to have a piece of that interview here. We're, we're going to have the interview here. It's a quick interview. Um, but you know, it, it was still nice to talk to him. One of the kinder guys that I've ever met, you know, was very gracious and I appreciated that. But before we dive into the interview, Laura, just, is there anything else like before, um 
you know, beforehand that you can just like think of in terms of that day, in terms of, you know, some of your takeaways from, from the morning skate and just, you know, everything that, you know, happened on Saturday. It was just such a good day. Um, it was kind of something that has been in the works for a while. And it was, there were just a couple different things that the other times we tried to do this, it just didn't work out. But it was one of the things of like, knowing that the people who were helping it, helping us arrange it, wanted to make sure that it was the most ideal circumstances for us to get the most out of the experience. So that was really impactful. And you know, it's the last game that you and I are able to see together this season and um, really just kind of another one of those moments where we get to sit back with the, obviously we don't stop making content when the season is over, but kind of a nice way for us to stop and reflect on all the growth that we've had over the course of this season and, you know, the different things that we've been working towards and, you know, finally kind of seeing those things come together and just a really great day <laughs> to spend you and I, because, you know, obviously we talk all the time, but because we live in different states, we don't get to hang out as regularly. And it was, it was a work day, but it was also like, as we've joked about before, like we try and make sure that we also have best friend time and I think that after all the work part was over, um, we did really like focus on that. And, you know, there were just so many great people that we got to see on Saturday. And yeah, it just, it felt really, really nice. And it kind of felt like, I don't know, like how spring feels. Like it just felt refreshing kind of, and like a nice way to round out this season, even though we still have three more games to go, but that's how I felt the like emotional side of it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I have to say the other thing that is, you know, I, I can't believe we've gone 21 minutes into the episode without shouting him out is, is a big shout out to Tyler Scott. Tyler was the, the person who was able to help us capture this audio and capture this video, um, which we will release, I guess this is a spoiler alert, uh, we'll release uh, the episode on, on Wednesday, or not the Wednesday, the, the video on Wednesday. But, you know, I, I think, you know, just he's, he's just one of the greater people that I, I have met. Like, I think that that's, and we're going to talk actually about this a little bit. Like when we talk about like this week is fifth line appreciation week. So we want to like share a little bit of our thoughts about that. But um, you know, when I think about that list of people that, that we have gotten a chance to meet through, you know, this experience, he is somebody who is just like tops of the list for me as just being such a genuine cool dude who, uh, you know, likes what we do and wants to help us out and he's really fucking good at what he does. And so we're happy to happy to have him along whenever we can. He's just a good human. And so Tyler, we, we appreciate you buddy. And um, you know, I, I can't think of a, of a better way other than like shouting out Tyler to lead into, into this. He, he was the person who was able to capture this audio for us. So we're going to play it now. This is our, our quick little inter interview, little conversation that we had with none other than the captain of the Columbus blue jackets, Boone Jenner. So thank you for uh, giving us a little bit of time. But in a season that's been as up and down as this one has been, um, how has it been to watch the rookies for the Blue Jackets have such a successful season? And how has that helped boost morale for the rest of the team? Yeah, they've uh, handled it really well, I think. Um, you know, coming in, 
first year it's always tough but uh, you know obviously with some circumstances we had with injuries and stuff they had to step up and play a kind of a bigger role and uh, grow up a little bit quicker in this league and they they took it head on and um, you know each guy that's come up and and helped us is has done tremendous. So, um, you know, the guys that have been with us, you know, the whole season or, or most of the year that's come in, they just seem to consistently get better uh, in, in all areas of the game. And uh, that's what you want to see from, you know, a rookie or first year, whatever it may be. So uh, definitely bright for us to see. Yeah, and I think recently I saw that around like 44 guys have put on the uniform this year. When you've got a revolving door of players like that, what, you know, as a team captain, what's your role in making sure that those guys that come into the room are getting acclimated and finding their role on the team, even if they're only up for a handful of games? What role do you play in that? Yeah, just talking to them. And, um, you know, I think when you come up, you know, don't change your game. That's that's the main thing. You're up here for a reason. You're, um, you know, you're playing well, and um, we need that right now. Come in and play your game and don't think too much. I mean, um, you know, there's some little things here and there. It's just different here than there. But um, for the most part, it's it's go out, have fun, um, play your game, and uh, the rest will come. Awesome. And with the season that uh, the team has had and everything you guys as players have had to overcome and the fans have had to overcome, what's your message to the fifth line as we look to the future for the Blue Jackets? Yeah, well, first off, they've been uh, incredible all year. Uh, not Obviously not the season we've hoped for or wanted. And uh, the way it's gone, it's been tough. But... Uh, through these tough stretches, they've uh, you know showed up every game, given us support, um, you know full buildings, and given us great energy at home, like they always do. So it makes it really fun to play here nationwide. And um, you know for us, we're we're excited to you know come back. It's you know the season's going to leave probably a pretty bitter taste in our mouth, and um, you know excited to you know with the pieces we have get that uh, you know team that uh, we want to be. For sure. And any chance we get to talk to a player, we always like to lob up this last question. So you have it out on this if you, if you don't want to go there. But um, we, we asked Andrew Peake, and I think you're going to have a better answer than him for sure. We ask um, anybody who we get a chance to, you know, if you had a day with the Stanley Cup, what are you eating or drinking out of the Stanley Cup? Peake said, uh, he just said fish, just straight up fish. So I think you're going, I think you're going to beat him on this, but. Oh, wow. I could think of a lot of things, but <laughs> I mean, top of my head, probably some cereal for breakfast and Maybe at the end of the day, some ice cream, probably some you know beer out of it. Um, yeah, that's my top three right now, probably. Good stuff. I feel like a lot of people stop three, so we appreciate it. Yeah, good stuff. Guys. Yeah, thanks, Thank you guys. Yeah, of nice course. To meet you guys. Good to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Right, yeah. We can agree, a much better answer than fish, right? Oh yeah, Boone had a much superior answer to our "What would you put in the Stanley Cup?" question than. Our first player interview, Andrew Peak. That is for sure. And I was glad that Boone was also unimpressed with the answer of fish. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was, he, he seemed taken aback by it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I appreciated his three course meal uh, of, you know, like he said, uh, cereal, beer, and ice cream. Uh, I will say every now and again, I leave those conversations with regrets in terms of like not following up on, on something that they said. I really want to know what kind of beer Boone is into. Like, I don't know why I care about that so much, but I am curious. Oh, see, I wanted to know what kind of cereal he was going to put in it. And somebody's listening to the show and it's like, but what kind of ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We let you down. We didn't follow up with uh, these questions, but we had a time constraint and we wanted to get the most out of him that we possibly could. But no, that was such an incredible experience. Boone could not have been more gracious. Um, and 
I think you'll get to see when we release the video that I scared the crap out of Jeremy and Tyler because Boone walked in, got set, and I just started talking. Like, I just started talking and was completely unaware of whether or not we had started recording. But thank God Tyler is a rock star and had already, like, pressed play on the camera. Um, so I didn't completely mess everything up. But, you know, you'll you'll see a little bit of Jeremy's panic in the beginning of, of the video. But honestly, it was Boone's been on our list for forever of people to to get to speak with and to get to speak with him in person. You know, we don't get to do a lot of our interviews like in an in-person setting. Um, so anytime we do, it's just so special. And, you know, being in his element, so like in, you know, the underground of the arena and, you know, near the locker room and kind of, you know, where everything happens behind the scenes, it, it was just a really cool experience. And I feel very lucky um, that we've got to to add him to our list of guests that we've had on the show. Yeah. And, and he is the first active player that we've had on the show that has been nominated for, for an NHL award. And that just came out here on Monday, which is really cool. So as everybody probably knows by now, but um, every year, each chapter of the professional hockey writers association nominates one player from each team to uh, be nominated for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Uh, the award is given annually to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And I have to say, it just I can't really think of, of a player that better exemplifies that on this team specifically at this point than Boone Jenner. I mean, the guy last year, you know, missed the end of the season and he he – didn't get a chance to to achieve the things that I he was very capable of achieving, whether that be the 30 goal season last year or or all these other number of things. And even this year has had his issues with injury and he still somehow some way finds the ability to be the leader that this team needs in a season that frankly has not been what any of them expected. I mean, Boone said it, you know, it's going to leave a really bitter taste in all of their mouths. And, you know, in this case, knowing that that they've got a guy like Boone Jenner behind the bench or not behind the bench, but on the bench, I should say that is so in tune with, with this team and cares so deeply about this team and exemplifies really what it means to be a Columbus blue jacket. Um, I, I have to say, I can't think of a better player. I don't know that he'll win. I mean, I haven't taken a look. I need to go look to see who the other nominees are for that. It's not, you know, wouldn't be the first Blue Jacket to win it. Nick Foligno has won it himself. And so we'll see if if Boone Jenner can be the second Blue Jacket captain to win the award. But Boone Jenner is, is somebody who I have to imagine is just really loved across the league. Yeah. I mean, he, you said it, like he just exemplifies what it means to be a Blue Jacket, especially during this season. And, you know, we've talked about it on the show previously that like there, you can tell the difference between when Boone is, you know, present and on the team and playing versus when he's injured. Like the guys are just, there's a difference. There's a difference when he is on the ice and out there fighting for it with all of them. And, you know, he's a different kind of leader than Nick Foligno was. Um, but I think that he has found his own way to connect. And especially in like we talked about with him in a season where there's just this revolving door of people coming in and out of the locker room, like he's really had to be on his game and to, to make all those new people feel welcome and to 
keep them in the loop of communicate of communication and and all this sort of stuff. And he's he's just truly the heart and soul of this organization right now. And like you said, there's you know I don't think any more deserving of a blue jacket for this nomination. Nick Felino is nom is Boston's nomination. This is his fourth um, nomination for this trophy, but you know, in our opinion, no one's more worthy than Boone. And it was just kind of like a continued celebration of, of getting, getting the opportunity to speak with him in person. And then hearing about this honor for him, um, this morning is, is just really, really great. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And, and there were some other former blue jackets that were nominated that I'll touch on, uh, Sam, Sam Gagne, uh, you know, who, who hit a thousand games played this year, uh, up in Winnipeg. Cool for him to get that honor as well as Derek Broussard gets that honor in Ottawa after, you know, finding a way to, to make that team after being signed to uh, PTO. And then, you know, obviously, unfortunately he, he ends up finishing the season on IR after a pretty gnarly injury there, um, you know, a, a few games ago, but you know, I, I have to guess, like, I am not a betting man. Yes, I am. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, I I would almost put my money on on a guy like Chris Letang, who, you know, came back from, from a, a stroke this season, man. I mean, like, I can't even imagine to end up, you know, finishing the season. And whether or not Pittsburgh gets into the playoffs is one thing or another. But uh, he, he's had quite the year. And uh, he's had quite the NHL career. And so... We'll see. We'll see where this goes for him. But yeah, those are those are the notable nominees there. And like I said, uh, if you're a betting man, <laughs> Chris Letang might be a good bet to place. But Laura, I have to tell you that uh, there's one place if you are a betting person that you have to check out, and you should check it out pretty quickly. Do you think that potentially you know where I'm talking about? Um, I think it's DraftKings. You know, and there you go thinking again, Laura, because <laughs> you are, you're absolutely right. DraftKings is is definitely the place to go. And the one thing that I'll say, so if, if anybody watched the Masters, a really great tournament this last weekend, but we're in the season of golf, which means that, you know, you can make a lot of money. There's a lot of players in the golf field and rarely does, well, maybe not as rarely, but um, not very often does the the number one favorite end up winning in a tournament. So the odds are great for you to, to win some serious money on DraftKings if you're looking to pay, play some money uh, on the links here from T to green. The best place to go to get an all- to get in on all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So, for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer um, is going to win the tournament and that that odds is at, you know, plus 1,000, DraftKings is going to boost that golfer to a plus 2,000 for you for your shot in an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournaments long, so you're going to want to be sure to check out the app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. I mean, we're still a ways out, but, like, I think about, like, I love June when, when you know, summer is there in Columbus and the memorial gets there and you get a chance to see all the – really incredible, you know, elite golfers from out the entire PGA Tour in Columbus. So keep an eye out on that, and you're going to keep an eye out on all of these different actions 
uh, here at DraftKings. You're going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and boost your odds during this weekend's tournament. That's good THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, Hope, and Hope, Hope New York, to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. So, Laura, one of the things, like, the, the biggest takeaway, I think, for us, like, the biggest thing we wanted to talk to Boone about was just, like, being a captain on this team has to be challenging this year. I think that's probably true of any NHL team, right? having to manage a, a locker room full of 23 to 25 guys at any given time that are highly competitive and that have a lot of varying different personalities might even not even speak the same language as one another. Being a captain in the NHL is a hard gig. Boone Jenner does it really, really well. I think he had excellent answers to how do you, how do you work to keep guys acclimated? How do you make sure that guys feel at home in Columbus? But it got me thinking, right? You know, we we talked about it. There had been up to 44 guys at the moment who had worn a Blue Jackets jersey this season. And, man, like an NHL roster on opening day is not 44 guys. That means that there has been almost a whole entire team fielded by the Blue Jackets at some point or another this year. And it got me thinking, Laura, all of these guys are not going to be Blue Jackets next year. Hell, most of them might not even get their chance at the NHL. But it made me think, which one of these guys do you want to see make it most? Which one of these guys that did not start the season with the Blue Jackets? Now, here's some caveats. Players like Kuro Marchenko, like your guys who are clearly NHL roster players, let's like stay away from them. Uh, let's make this a little bit more fun. Who are some of the guys that come to mind for you when you think of the guys that have gotten a chance in Columbus, have stuck it out, and whether that be one game or 30 to 40 to 50 games, depending on a player, like, I don't know, like I would include like Tim Burning in this list. What, what, who do you hope finds a way to make it stick? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, hmm. Well, you just said him, but I mean, Tim Burning really has like, done as much as he can to prove that he deserves to be on an NHL lineup. Um, he came in when we really, really needed him. And for the most part has done exactly what we expected of him. And I think that he'll still have to prove himself um, in camp and everything as everyone always does. But in my opinion, he's done, you know, a pretty decent job to fill in and fill some pretty big shoes um, when we asked him to call up and he's probably the one that's been here the longest at that point, at this point, but I don't know. There's been, you know, we just did, uh, you and I were just guests on, um, another podcast that will be coming out, uh, next week called game over, which essentially is, uh, talking to podcasts that represent, um, all the teams in the NHL and, interviewing them as their team has gotten eliminated and, um, you know, talking about the season. And so I think someone that, or not someone that we did, but we, someone we definitely talked about was Trey Fix Wolanski. And I mean, we spoke about this, that there's probably going to have to be some 
you know, necessary like roster moves, some different player experiments that the Blue Jackets would have to kind of give up on or um, re-navigate in order for him to have like a super solid chance. But Trey Fix Walensky is someone who really brings it every single time that he's given the opportunity to come up. And he takes full advantage, um, makes sure that he does the best that he can to get noticed and to play whatever role we need him to play um, and on whatever line we put him on as well. And he's a really, like, adaptable player. You know, he did have the unfortunate luck of accidentally sleeping through a team meeting last week, and so he had to get sent back down to the AHL for that. But, you know, when he's given the chance, he really makes the most of it. And I just think it would be cool to see him given more of that opportunity to see how much more his talent and skill um, can climb in the NHL. Cause he's had an incredible season in Cleveland and it would just be really interesting. And like we, we talked about on this other show, you know, he's small, but mighty like Trey Fixlansky is a tiny dude, but he can throw his, his, his weight around and he's not afraid on the ice at all. And, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for the shorter, tiny players um, being a Cam Atkinson fan. Um, so I always like to see them succeed. And I think he could go far if if the right things open up and he's given the right amount of opportunity. So I think those are my two. What do you think? Mine is kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of strategically why I said I don't care if they played one game or if they've played 50. Because the player that I want to mention is somebody who only played one game so far <laughs> this season and potentially will only play one for the remainder of the season, but I think that's okay. I am a big Jet Greaves fan. I am a big Jet Greaves fan. I think that he is somebody – we got the chance uh, – or I, I don't know, Laura, I think I don't think that you were in on this scrum. I think this was the day that I was up there by myself the first day in Traverse City. I got a chance to, to talk to Jet Greaves a little bit. He is a really cool dude. Like he <laughs> down uh, down in the AHL. I, I want to say that there is actually like a book club for Cleveland Monsters that like he was like really integral in, and he's just got a great personality. I think goalies we like in Columbus. I guess I should say like maybe this isn't the case uh, when you have a guy like Elvis Merzlikens in the lineup. But generally speaking, goalies are so stoic and just so like damn like they kind of just give me like wallpaper energy. But Jack Greaves has got one hell of a personality, and and I really root for the kid. I, I think he played really well in the one game that he got a chance to get into in Columbus this year. And making his NHL debut on a lineup like this and still managing to only give up three goals, I want to say it was, and stopping 46 shots. I mean, great performance from him. I think he's got a chance to potentially like push, push some guys to an uncomfortable place. I really do. I don't know that we are in a place, and I talked about this actually a little bit on Game Over, Laura, that you mentioned, like, I don't know that we're at a place where we can solidly say that anybody has guaranteed their spot on the Blue Jackets depth chart in terms of goaltending. Like, I can't say for certain that Daniil Tarasov is your number two at this point in the franchise. I can't even say, for instance, that Elvis Muslikens is your, your definitive number one. But, I mean, like, 
what I think I can say definitively is that like Jack Greaves had something to say about being considered the number three guy on this, on the, in this, in this roster or in this franchise. Like, I think he's got something to say and I think he's going to work to try to prove people wrong. I think he's going to try to like make a name for himself. And if he doesn't in Columbus, like I kind of hope he does somewhere else. Like he's a cool dude. Like I'm like rooting for this kid. I want to see what can come of it. And you know, whether that be through a playoff run in Cleveland this year and, you know, having the opportunity to maybe get some games in there or, fighting for a chance to be the backup in Columbus next year and maybe even have a few starts here and there. I'm rooting for that kid. I, I like, I really like Jack Reeves. Well, you know how I feel about goalies. So, you know, I'm also on team jets and want to see him like, cause I wasn't there with you, but I did have a couple of like casual interactions with him. Just, he was always outside um, in Traverse city. Cause as we've said before, it was like the weirdest setup ever. Like the players basically the only place they could warm up was on the far side of the parking lot and on the side of the building. Um, so, you know, we had pretty uh, decent access to just general interactions with them as we were coming in and out of the building. And he's just such a nice guy. And, you know, you can tell that he really loves this sport and he's willing to, you know, work his way um through the system and he's not jaded in any way. And that's just really nice to see from such a young guy. And like you said, he does have a really great personality and um, he's just very grateful and very gracious uh, with any, with any opportunity that he gets. So yeah, big fan. We love jet on this show. For sure. And speaking of things that we love, uh, we love the fifth line and the Columbus blue jackets do too. That's why this week is fifth line appreciation week. And it started off with Saturday being the the real fifth line appreciation night. You know, originally that game on Friday, this coming Friday against Buffalo was not supposed to be when it when it is. And so this on Saturday was supposed to be the last weekend game. And so that's usually when they try to make this happen. And I mean, that's cool always, like the giveaways, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's nice. But I think it's really the the deeper picture of just like how much I really do truly believe that this this franchise values its fans. And I think we are very lucky to be positioned in a place where we can be a part of community, but I think we get a chance to also like help build a little bit of community, which is strange. Uh, I don't think that I ever imagined that for myself and Laura, I know you didn't for yourself, but I think the thing that I found myself thinking this entire weekend and just more and more, like whether it's through good or bad uh, Twitter interactions that you're seeing I think I find myself just right now feeling really grateful to be a part of this fifth line and, and to be, you know, able to have made such connections with the people that I have. I mean, I truly do mean it when I say that there are a lot of people in this in this fandom that, frankly, like, I don't think if you, we would have ran into each other on the streets, we ever would have clicked, we ever would have found a way to, like, find common ground on a lot of things. But I think that's the thing about sports, right? Like, that's the thing about the way in which sports interact with our society and the way in which they make people come together, right? Like, it's such a community event and the jackets i think really have this down to a science and i think this is columbus having it down to a science more than anything where it's like we we are loyal ass people we are people who cannot be deterred from our loyalty to the thing that we love and damn it we love although it be hard sometimes we love what columbus blue jackets right like we love them and you can't you can't stop us from loving them and it's brought us a lot of really 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 fucking cool people uh, along the way and i i honestly like don't know that i want to get into the risky business of like saying a lot of those names because 
like if we forget somebody, I'm going to feel like a total jackass. Laura, if you want to get into the name game, feel free. You can be my guest. But I, I just overall, our overarching, like, it is really cool to be a part of a community and to have created a community within that community that loves the Blue Jackets. And I think specifically for us, wants to make sure that there's every, like that everybody can love the Blue Jackets and it not be an issue for them. Like that is like so cool that we get a, get a chance to be a part of that. And we get a chance to see that happen in our, in our city and the place that we love, you know, I might not physically live there right now, but you all know, I claim Columbus and, and it's cool to see. Yeah. Um, I know I've talked about it on the show before, but being a, a newer sports fan at, you know, five years now and, someone who never thought sports would ever be a part of her life, never felt welcomed um, in that type of space or, you know, even had some traumatizing experiences in relations to sports and whatnot, like finding and being introduced to the, the fifth line in the Columbus Blue Jackets um, community has been such an incredible blessing for me um and has definitely altered my like opinion on on sports culture and um you know it's not a perfect place and you know things can definitely change and grow and with any sort of situation and but i just feel so incredibly lucky to have had so many positive interactions and experiences with this community and you know it's hard being, you know, putting your voice out there sometimes. And, you know, Jeremy and I talk about this a lot that, you know, I was very hesitant um, and I have been hesitant at times to, to, to say certain things and to, to put my voice and stuff out there, not only as like a woman, but, um, you know, as, as a couple of different things that like don't necessarily like correlate well sometimes in the sports world. And, um, it's been nice to feel supported in that and to, to find our place. Like, like he said, not only within the already established community, but to, to start bringing more people into this, into this space and um, really be able to engage with people on such a, a, a deep and personal level. And we've truly just met some of the most amazing people through this experience and um we got to spend a lot of time with some of those people on saturday and we won't get into the naming because again we will feel we are the two people that will feel the worst if we forget someone um but you know who you are and we it just blows my mind sometimes that even in the last year the people that have come into our lives that i can't even imagine what it would be like without them anymore and to to be able to share like news on Saturday that we did that we were getting the opportunity to to interview interview Boone and like have some experiences at the arena that are special and unique and something that we've worked really hard for and to see people just say such really really beautiful things and to be happy for us and, you know, be so supportive of the work that we do and the um, type of content that we're trying to put out there. And it just really means a lot. And yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) it's hard to put into words how much we, we 
this community means to us. And, you know, obviously, like I said earlier, like we don't stop making content when the season's over and, you know, a lot of things are going to come and, you know, hopefully more exciting things, but we don't ever want to get to a place where we're not sitting back and looking at all of the people that have helped us get to this point and the people that we have gathered up along the way. And so, you know, we just can't say enough about how much we love each and every one of you and, you know, hope to get opportunities to, to meet you in person or to interact or even if we don't just know that we appreciate you and we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you so much, Fifth Line. Um, it's been a up and down road, but we wouldn't want to be on it with anybody else. Yeah. And like the only thing that I ask is like maybe fix the Twitter game a little bit. But other than that, like I love you all so much. <laughs> yeah. We'll just tweak it a little bit. Don't get crazy. But like maybe like put the screen time monitor on your Twitter account. Like I don't know. Like maybe like maybe do that for yourself. But but yeah, no, genuinely, genuinely. Uh, I couldn't couldn't thank you all enough for that. And you know, I, I think I, you know, I just got done saying I wasn't going to say any names, but <laughs> I, the one, like, the true, like, indicator of just how powerful this whole thing is, to me at least, is somebody like our dear friend Sila, who has just, I mean, I, if you all have not gotten the chance in your life to have what I'll call somebody who starts as an internet friend, like that first time you meet them, especially when there's somebody who is from, I don't know, across the world. Uh, I think that puts it into perspective just how cool sports can be and just how cool a community can be. And when those two things mix, I think it's so powerful. And that like, I, I literally have chills like as I'm like talking about this right now, because I that is just the coolest fucking thing. And I can guarantee you, like, I can guarantee you with everything that I am and who I am, that there is literally no way in the world that I would have run into Sila outside of uh, Tampa Bay, Finland, right? Like, there's no way that that would have just happened organically. But, like, it's something about, like, the way that this sport can bring us together and it brings people together that just feels so good. And, and you know, I love it. And I know that you all, as you're listening, like, I'm sure there are people that you're thinking of and I would encourage you just like, if you are, if you're listening to this episode and you want to shout some of those people out, reply to our, reply to our tweet with this episode and, you know, show people some love. You know, I, I think obviously like fifth line appreciation week is a way for the blue jackets to show that they appreciate us as fans. But I think it's also a way for us as fans to show that we appreciate others and we appreciate the people in our spaces that are doing the things that we are, or are doing things that are different than we're doing. I mean, like, I think it, you and I, Laura have had conversations about how, like within this fandom, like, I think we are very specific. We have a little bit of a niche, but we have made such good friends with the people who frankly, like might not be considered the people who are in our niche. And I think that that's what makes us so cool. And, and I love it. And I love y'all and I love you, Laura. And I just love this whole thing. Love, 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 live, laugh, and love. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you just turned it real white girl basic at the, at the end of that. Um, but yeah, no, I got the same. I will say, I, this is all complicated because I'm feeling very 
um, befuddled, but I also have goosebumps and, um, I tried to make it all the way through this like love fast without crying. Um, and I thought I was going to make it, but then I started coughing. And so now it does look like I was crying. So we'll just, um, count that as that, but yeah, it's just, when you start talking about Sila, I just immediately brought me back to the moment that I got to meet her in nationwide arena and like have a similar experience that like, when, when would that have ever happened outside of this, this circumstance and to just like see someone across the concourse and know immediately like that they're one of your people and to just have no awkwardness between you and, you know, just, an internet friend turned a real life friend. And we have that with so many people um, through this. And again, we're just so incredibly thankful and yeah, spread a little love um, with, with our posting of this episode and show some of your fellow fifth liners that you've connected with in positive ways and um, give them a little shout out as we end out the season. But I love you, Jeremy. XOXO. Yeah. Well, that was. <laughs> hey, I said it first. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. That's true, but still. Um, but no, truly, I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. And, you know, it's definitely strengthened our friendship in a lot of ways, even if it does mean I nag you more about stuff. But, you know, it true. comes and goes. But we have so much fun, and that's the important part. Three three seasons in, and we're still having fun. So, yeah, and in a in a three seasons worth of hockey, that really gives us every excuse to not have fun. (laughs) That is true. That is very very true. It all works out in the end. But Laura, I mean, we're telling them they need to show each other love on our Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But if they're new here, they're not going to know how to do that. And I really can't think of a better way for them to learn than from the plugger herself, Miss Laura Norman. Calling me a plugger is kind of weird, but we'll move on from that. Um, yes, you can follow us on. No, I mean, it's not. I always I said yeah, I what? just said that like what it just feels like a weird word. The word plugger, just like the word plugger just sounds like a weird word. <laughs> it is a weird word. I don't like it. It's okay. Go ahead, you don't have them. to use thanks. Uh but yes, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. We are on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at subjectively speaking. We do have a really beautiful website uh, that you can check out, subjectivelyspeaking.com. And if you would like to support us, your two favorite hockey podcasters, you can visit our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com, and get some sweet merch in exchange. And we appreciate any little bit of it. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly Apple Podcasts. If you scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And we don't know how the algorithms work. We just know that all your likes, subscriptions, stars, posts, whatever, um, help to get us noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring, like we said, uh, more incredible people to this beautiful community of ours. And other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And you're definitely going to want 
to keep it locked on all of those places for the video version of the interview that you all heard on this episode. Again, so you can catch my initial panic at the beginning of the episode, but just also so you can watch Laura and I uh, have uh, a quick little conversation with none other than Boone Jenner, and that'll be out on YouTube and on our social media platforms on Wednesday. So check that out. But until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will chat with you soon. Bye.